Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning, aka Low, and we back with another episode of the All Top Podcast, better known as Where's LeBron Going, which is probably going to be the t- title of this because the uh, NBA All Season is in full effect right now. All these rumors are going around trying to figure out where LeBron is going to go. The uh, the actual off season, like the actual like signing and trading of players. That does not begin until obviously July the 4th. However, as we all know, people are making, are trying to make moves. Also, we got a whole bunch of other news going on with coaches and general managers getting hired and fired and a few legends in the making getting disrespected as well. But before we get into all that, yo, agent, say what's up, man. Yo, my computer has like no hard drive space, man. It's just crazy. I gotta clear some stuff up. How you guys doing, man? Uh, that was a long ass intro, Low. I'm proud of you for not forgetting the podcast name this time. There is a lot to talk about, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yo, if you guys haven't already, man, drop a, drop a little cool five star. And I, we have to get an update on that whole Spotify thing, too. But uh, anyway, welcome, guys. Yo, uh, for, first thing first to kick it off, since Agent is the, uh, he's a local Toronto fan, because I don't really know of any other Toronto fan. Uh, Dwayne Casey has finally been replaced with the Toronto Raptors with some, I don't know who this guy is, Nick, Nick Nurse guy. I've never heard of him in my life. However, I'm not a Toronto fan. I don't know what's going on with the organization. So I'm actually going to swing it off the agent for him to tell us who this, this mystery man is and try to figure out his resume. See, this is why people hit me in my DMs and say, you know nothing about basketball. I'm going to tell you right now, they, they can definitely say that about some Toronto Raptors stuff because I don't really care about the yeah, Raptors. Yeah, that's why people hit me in my... How do you not know the assistant coaches for the Toronto Raptors? <laughs> you think, and you think I care you that know? much? You think I care that much I'm about playing, the, I'm, I'm about to I'm say, you I didn't even I know care? who he was exactly. to like this year. Um, Nick Nurse, I didn't. I don't think nobody thought he was going to get the job. A lot of people thought Jerry Stackhouse, but I believe he's an assistant coach with the Grizzlies now, or I'm tripping. He got a job somewhere as an assistant coach. Uh, he did a fantastic job as a head coach for the D-League team, Raptors 905. Uh, a lot of people were thinking like the Mark Jacksons and the Van Gundys. And then uh, there was a potential for, I don't know, but nobody thought Nick Nurse. And they kind of just hired someone in-house. Like uh, back when they fired Sam Mitchell and they had Jay Triano take over as interim head coach. And then we thought we were going to get a replacement, but then they kind of just kept Jay Triano until they eventually fired him. Because he was doing a poor job as a head coach, I don't know what his Ben. I don't know what he's great at. I don't know what he. I'm no honestly. I don't know nobody who knows anything about this guy, because uh, he's not there in interviews much. We kind of got an idea of what he's all about. He was talking to the press today, and they were getting a lot of quotes and get a good idea of what the direction of the team was going in. But yo, Lo, from what I understand, Dwayne Casey was looking for something like ten million a year, like big money. Uh, and is, is he is he crazy? Came, is he crazy to ask for that though? I mean, like, I know. I, I mean, I don't know if he's crazy to ask for it, but it's a little crazy to reject. It. Like, say you're Dwayne Casey, you get an offer for like seven million a year. Yeah, you reject that. That's pretty big. Like, that's massive for a head coach. I I, I understand that, but I I don't. To, to me, here's the problem. I really don't understand, and, and obviously Toronto is not the first team to do this, but I just have a problem with teams who hire someone that's already been with the organization because in my opinion the problem with the Raptors and I'm not 100% sure how long um I guess we call him Mr. Nurse or Coach Nurse which is a cringiest name but <laughs> that that is a, it's not a it's his name which I know but that's cringy, that's man. that's a cringe ass name but I don't know how it's long not. I don't know how long Coach Nurse has been with the organization however 
if he's been with them through the process of them consistently losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers and there hasn't been any bright ideas from him with the organization, I don't understand how they just replace Dwayne Casey with someone that's already been part of this process. That to me, that doesn't make any sense because when the teams do that, that it makes it seem as if like they didn't really have a backup plan that they just fired Dwayne Casey without having a true backup. So then they just turn around and hired someone who was already part of the organization. And so, I mean, shout out to Nick Nurse. I mean, you know, his first opportunity with the NBA after doing some quick um, research, which is basically looking at his um, Wikipedia page. He has some experience with a D League team. And he won a championship in the D-League as well. So he has some experience, however, as a head coach in the NBA, no experience. And when you have a team that, I, I guess, theoretically speaking, is on the brink of taking that next step, I think it's taking a step backwards when you have someone with little to no uh, expertise when it comes to coaching an NBA team or even being part of the NBA culture outside of his short tenure in the D-League. So I don't necessarily know how I feel about the whole move itself. I don't believe it's a step in the right direction, um, but we'll, I guess we'll, we'll see. But again, in my opinion, I just feel like they were better off keeping Dwayne Casey because I, I honestly just believe there's other problems with the organization. But bringing in a, 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 an assistant head coach At to me At the end of the day, problem. though, come on, man. In Masai, we trust, bro. Masai, oh, I, I get that. Goods. I get that part, and I knew, I knew, like we all knew something was going to have to happen. But like, yeah. I don't. I just the, the whole assistant coach move to me is stupid. That does, that literally makes no sense. Yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see. I guess at the end of the day, like, didn't they bring over OKC okay, brought over a coach from college? Who and, 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 and how and how does and how is that working out for them? I know, I know, it but ain't, that's, it ain't really I working mean, out too much. When you look at it in a vacuum, there's, it's difficult to think of plenty of success stories of first-time head coaches. But everybody at one point is a first-time head coach. And I think uh, maybe he showed something as an assistant coach. We never know really what goes on behind the scenes. At the end of the day, we credit the players and the head coach. Like in football, occasionally, like the defensive or offensive coordinator will get some credit when a fantastic play is called, or and they'll point to it and they'll point it out in the broadcast. But very rarely in the NBA do we ever credit like a shooting coach for why Dwight Howard can now hit mid ranges. Example, he still can't. Maybe Blake Griffin would have been a better example. Or uh, who's a player that developed a good shot? Chris Bosh. Like somebody worked with those guys. They just never ended up getting the credit. We don't know what he's capable of. I just know Masai is very rarely ever wrong. And so when he says and does something, I'm going to just roll with it. That's a good point. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably something within the last three to four years that Nick Nurse has has been heavily influenced. Or he he was heavily heavily influenced the decision that kind of pushed him in the right direction. And maybe that was a difference maker. And his knowledge of the team itself, however, um, and also you, you made a good point. At, at, at one point, everybody is a first-time head coach. However, again, when you look at an organization that should be on the brink of taking the next step, I don't necessarily know if a coach with no experience is going to be the one that pushes. But he them has over the experience. Top. I mean, well, he he, he has a, he has experience, but not not to the NBA. Like it's I just, like, I don't, it's I don't like if you're the VP of finance. And you get promoted to a CEO. You've been working so closely with him because you yeah, guys, yeah, true. you guys. Are, anyway, uh, I, I, know, I don't I, think it'll I be understand. It. I understand what you're saying, and I'm not saying I understand that part of it. I just, I just feel like when when you're 
when you're that close to possibly taking the next step and you just stay internal. I don't think that close though. Okay, well then maybe 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 uh <laughs> maybe we just disagree on that part then. But I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with the coach. I think it's the like the players, the personnel, mm, like the okay. core is the issue. So I mean, you could put any coach in there, but if the players are going to fold and they're not going to be able to execute what the coach is trying to get them to do, then it, it really doesn't matter. So massage the uh, issue, but we'll see. So massage the issue, right? No, it, it would be the play. The Masai put together a good team, and the team just failed. That happens, man. So, you know when you study for an exam and then you do miserable? It's, it's one of those, man. Like, what could you do? You studied. You did what you could. You just did bad on the test. Actually, speaking That's of... That's a fantastic analogy. No, it's not. Because you're still, you're still depending on yourself, not only to study, but to execute. Masai, he has to depend on somebody else to execute. But speaking of Masai and potentially making mistakes... um. That's a pretty good transition to your boy Brian Colangelo, who allegedly Oh my god, yes. Who, who allegedly has some Twitter um pages and one of actually one of the Twitter pages was actively criticizing Masai and his inability to put the Toronto Raptors to the next level. Um and we are yeah. we talked about this, I think it was the last podcast, talking about what exactly the 76ers are gonna have to mm. do. And a long story short, uh, uh, apparently Allegedly, it wasn't Brian Colangelo. It was his wife who had the multiple accounts, and that was why they were directly connected. No, to it wasn't. He just blamed his wife, man. I'm, no, I'm, like I said, allegedly, aging. This is this is. I'm just allegedly, of I'm course. Just, I'm, yeah. being, I'm just I'm just going off of you know what I'm saying what exactly was told in different articles, and allegedly she also knows some um some information about the health of players on the team. I don't know how, how? she knows that. I don't how would she know that? Look, I, right? like, agent, look, I'm just telling you what it was reported. That's what I'm telling you. So apparently it was his wife. However, they still severed ties. They try to say, you know, they you know how they try to save face instead of firing somebody, he departed or they kind of cut you know, they, the little lingo that they use. But at the end of the day, Brian Colangelo, he's no longer the um the general manager for the 76ers. Which, in my opinion, I don't know. I think that I think obviously it hurts them, but I think it hurts them way more than what a lot of people are trying to make it out to seem. Because it doesn't hurt them at all. I think it. I think it does. I think I, I think it would have hurt them if he stayed, obviously. But I think it hurts them because they're moving forward in a very important off season without a general manager. <laughs> well, these article titles are fucking hilarious, dude. Let me read you this title. Go ahead and read it. Brian Colangelo. Oh my God! They're telling me I'm using an ad blocker. Of course I am, man. I don't want to see ads on your garbage website. This guy. The title of the article is Brian Colangelo statement throws wife under bus over Twitter scandal. Look, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna bro, lie. They're going in on him, man. I ain't gonna lie. And uh, I even he, I even Google it. He, he he threw his wife under the bus because why would like you said why would she know all of the information either. He told his wife all that information, which he still shouldn't really do that anyway. Or his she wife overheard him. I mean, overheard convert. Okay, so let's play this scenario out, low. Let's say you are Brian Colangelo, right? And, and you're my wife. You have a wife. You're my wife. Oh no. Okay. All right, all right. No, you have low. Why would you? All right. <laughs> We're gonna pretend like no one ever heard that. Let's say you have a wife, and she overheard you on the phone talking in just normal business calls around the house. And then she went on Twitter and made different burner accounts because she was so passionate and she had all these passionate beliefs about how the team was running and now she had this insider information. And then she ended up getting you fired, by the way, from the most coveted job in the sports industry, a general manager, which means there was hundreds of millions of dollars on the line if you do your job poorly, 
right? Just when we're talking about the equity of specific organizations, we're talking about the gross profit. And you have so much on the line. You managed to get yourself to this point. He was GM of the year with the Suns. He, he had a very bad run with the Raptors. And you're trying to revive your career. Let's just say that your wife actually did this. And it's not just an excuse, which it seems like it is. How fast would I divorce? My goodness. Imagine that. I can't imagine working to the point in my career where I've made it so far only to have it all taken away from me because of something my wife did that I wasn't aware of. I would lose my mind. So, I mean, this is all alleged, so we don't know what the truth is. I mean, only him, his wife, and maybe like a couple people in the 76ers organization know the truth. I'm just saying, Brian Colangelo, if this is true, you have to divorce, my guy. And if he doesn't, in my opinion... It's like, why would you want to be with somebody who is so reckless with her decisions? And she knows that if she gets caught, because she's, she's giving away classified info. It's not like anybody could come across this. So there's only a handful of people it could have really been. Like, you can't stay with someone like that. They don't really love you if they're willing to throw away your entire career. Just to voice, express her opinion. Why couldn't she just tweet it on her regular account, Lo? Which is, but that, but that's the reason why no one doesn't believe that argument. I just feel like she took a bullet for him. I mean, that that's what it was. Instead of instead if she did, that's that's like that's wife of the year right there. I know, but I mean, <laughs> but, but some somebody somebody had to, but there because it's it's so far fetched to not only just make one burner account as being the wife of a general manager in the NBA. But to make multiple mm-hmm. accounts it, yeah, it is, yeah. is that's that's just ridiculous. But not only that, it's and you were actually alluded to something that I haven't really thought about until you just said said it. I don't know how this affects his entire career because you're right. After He's not getting out of the job, yeah, exactly. After, 100% chance. after the whole Toronto Raptors situation fell through with him, that was a while ago, and. Him trying to make his rounds back into the NBA and actually found a pretty good situation to be in. I mean, the 76ers are an organization where you don't really have to do much outside of just sign role players to the team because they've already put the star talent on the roster with obviously Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Dario Sarge. So all you had to do was just fill out the rest of the roster with the pieces that you needed to fill with, and a lot of which are just going to be shooters. So the fact that you messed that up and could have potentially put yourself back in the good favors of the NBA community when you really have just shown yourself burning bridges behind burner accounts, which is just ridiculous. You're right. I don't, I don't know how, I mean, that, I mean, I'm pretty, we all know how it's going to affect his career, but what extent is still, it hasn't been seen yet, but it's going to be interesting. It's gone. Yeah. There's, there's no such thing as extent. Like yeah. it's over. He will not get a job in the NBA ever again. That, like, that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see, though. I, 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 how old is he? He had it handed to him, Lo. Yeah. He had... Uh, you can't mess up the 76ers because they already had such fantastic pieces. You couldn't mess it up. And all you had to do... And keep in mind, like, I put out a tweet uh, when... Uh, by the way, there was, a, there was some information that came out, and we'll get back to the point, that Brian Colange... So people in the 76ers organization, different executives, were interested in taking Tatum... Or other potential draft picks, but uh, Colangelo shut that all down and was set on taking faults, which like we can't blame him. As the public, everybody assumed faults would be the first overall pick. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to keep in mind that these players put them through the gauntlet. They interview 
them, the, not just the players, they, they learn everything there is to know about these players. Because just one wrong draft pick, it can mean catastrophic changes for an organization. Just positive or negative. So it's it's not as simple as, but false was the obvious pick. Colangelo, of course he didn't. No, it's, he had way more information than we had access to, to make the right decision. And then it seems like in the midst of other people telling him otherwise, he decided to take faults. And we'll see if it pans out. But I think that mistake, and then you add on all the other mistakes he made with the Raptors organization and signing players like Heydu Turkoglu, of course, drafting Andrea Bragnani, never making any meaningful improvements. And the list goes on and on on players that came and left with absolutely no improvement. To, to have gotten a job, one, for him, I think is a miracle. I don't know how we got it, especially with the 76ers. Maybe with a team like the Magic, who has no hope and just continues to draft nobody. There's a chance. But he got a shot, and he blew it. And whether it was his wife, like the investigators say, or whether it was him, you had a shot, Brian Colangelo, man. You could have proved me wrong, man. Because the second he signed on to the 76ers, low, I said, he is going to ruin that team. And he managed to, to create a rift in the relationship between the executives and the players. So whether it's him or not, he can no longer have the job. Some people are like, well, they're not going to fire him. They have to. If players begin believing, even with the shadow of a doubt, that their executive is talking shit behind their back, especially publicly behind fake burner accounts, then that just depreciates all trust they could have possibly had. And then at that point, it's either the players are going to get pissed off and they're going to leave, or the executive has to leave. And we know the executive is expendable. You can get executives all the time. You can't get Embiid ever again. You can't get Ben Simmons ever again. Lo, the 76ers is a layup. It's a, it's a wide open layup on a fast break. One that even Jason Terry can't miss. That was a reference to a layup he missed like eight years ago. Oh, wow. This guy. The fact that he found a way to mess it up is the most hilarious thing ever. To me, at least. I mean, I, I'll, uh, I'll give you credit, though, because you did... You called it. And I mean, obviously you didn't call it in this nature, but you definitely said that. <laughs> no, like, no yeah, no, no one's going to know it was this, but I mean, like you definitely, <laughs> you definitely call like he was going to mess up that entire situation. And like you said, I mean, the whole him not only picking folks, but going out of his way to trade a draft pick to go after folks to the extent of even knowing that the, that the um, Celtics were more than likely going to get Tatum regardless. So to to yeah. go to that extent to not only trade up and to give away a pick just to move a two spot to secure a player that may not even be as good as many people suspected him to be and to not only to not only do that like I said lose a lose a pick in the process as well which potentially could end up being a really valuable pick in next year's draft class to do all of that and then turn around and do this we're talking about a short window of time he's like made two massive mistakes that have that basically lost his um that's cost his career with the organization and you know i don't i don't don't know i don't know the lifespan on general managers i don't know necessarily how how many opportunities they're going to give him but there is a reason why brian colangelo from his time from the, the toronto raptors until now he did not receive any type of opportunity because i think he lost his um he lost his job with the organization, as I read it right now, in 2013 is when he stepped down from the Toronto Raptors situation. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, he, I, he was still part of the organization, 
they just they called it like they just gave him a random position that really didn't mean anything. But he was they still technically had his name there if you went on the website, but it was clear that Masai was taking over the operations of the organization. Oh no no, I, when I when sure. I say when I say he stepped down that that's when he officially was removed. I see what you're saying. There was a part in 2012 when he when he first stepped down, but 2013 is when he actually officially was removed completely. And then yeah. he became engaged in 2016 with talks with the um, Brooklyn Nets, but the Nets obviously went with um, Sean Marks. And then finally he, he got the um, job with the Philadelphia 76ers. However, that was a span of three or four years between the Toronto Raptors job and to the Sixers job. And so there's a reason why it took him that long to get an, another opportunity in the NBA because right after his time with the um, – with the uh, Phoenix Suns in the 2007-2008 season is when he picked up right after um with the uh, the tournament. So I, I guess it's possible though that even executives can get really lucky because if you just judged Colangelo off his time with the Suns, you'd think he was like a mastermind and and he won Executive of the Year there. And interestingly enough, though, you know, in some broadcast they brought up his his father Jerry Colangelo. I decided to search up because obviously I'm. I'm not old enough to know when he was around. But he got executive of the year in 1977, 82, 90, and 94. Over the span of literally three decades, he managed to get executive of the year, which is crazy. So I guess like Brian Colangelo kind of came up on that. Kind of, uh, he, he, he assumed his connections, had a huge leg up, an advantage over other individuals aiming to get that same position. This is why I have respect for the people uh, like uh, George Carl, the coaches in, of the world, or even Masai Ujiri, who started off as a scout, who had to like claw their way up. Because if you have to claw your way up, Lo, the only way you make it as a GM is if you execute and you're the best at what you do. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't want to hate on the guy. I just think like, no, I do want to hate on him, man. Wow. He's, Toronto was stale for like eight years because of this guy, man. Making poor decision after poor decision after poor decision. The fact that 76 has picked him up, I don't know if Jerry Colangelo called in a favor or Brian Colangelo was the most fantastic sweet talker. I don't know how he finessed his way into that position. But 76ers fans know this. You are you have been blessed, basically. Uh, with or, Brian Colangelo, or, or they, or they, or they maybe just sat there and thought to themselves, you know, maybe the Toronto job because he actually started with the um, with the with the um, with the Phoenix Suns from the bottom. Like he was there before Nash got there. He drafted Stoudemire and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he did a so great yeah, job exactly. there. He, he he built up to something great, and maybe he just got you know. I mean, everybody isn't going to be right all the time. So maybe they just thought like you know, we're going to stay positive with him like we did with the Suns. And and so maybe he just got a bad opportunity and some bad calls here and there with the Raptors. So I I get that part. But after the Raptors part, I'm just saying, but after the Raptors part and then after this, like you said, his his career, I that that, that's the part that's kind of scary if you're Brian Colangelo. So, Lo, let's say you own an organization that is worth $2 billion, like the Knicks. What is the chances in the midst of so many experienced executives in the world that you would give your organization to to Brian Colangelo at this point. The only you would the only the only way that I would look at Brian Colangelo is if is if a everybody else is off the table and but b more importantly if <laughs> I mean I would I would it would have first of all it would have to be a few years though down the line because this is too fresh. Like what he just did it was way too fresh on on no, the it can never happen, man. Even if it's in like twenty twenty two. 
But no, I'm just, I'm just, no, what I'm I'm saying is hypothetically, if I were to, it it can't be anytime immediate, which is another huge problem is that this, the, what, how the way he got fired is not just an effect on the organization, but also the way he affected with the players. Nobody could add him. Just think about it. Let's say he, he signs up with the Pistons, uh, in four years. The Pistons, the players, they're gonna know that their executive has been through that. But that's schedule. that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It affected the players, and so when his stuff, so got it's, the it's players, never gonna yeah. change though. There'll never be 100 percent trust ever but when again. I, when I, I'm not they, talking about four years. I'm talking about no. It's gonna be a while. I'm talking about like a decade. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> talking about 30 yeah, years that's, in that's the future. What I'm, that's, what I'm that's that's the reason why. That's the reason why I'm saying like yeah, maybe his entire career is kind of done because the way he got fired and and what he did. It's not something that again just affected the organization, but when you're, I guess it's privately technically because you don't know it's him. But but his private mm-hmm. conversation got out publicly, and you're talking poorly yeah. about the players, and so yeah, that's going yeah. that's going to affect it. And so now everyone in the league knows how you felt about a team that was on the uh, on the come up. It's not like we're talking about a team that was consistently failing every single year. You're talking about a team that's on the come up, and you're talking poorly yeah. about them. That's ridiculous. So the exact quote was, his wife acted independently and without my knowledge or consent. Which is like, you know how passionate like you as a wife would have to be in not only what your husband does for work, but in the sport of basketball. And in the span of a year, you'd have to develop like an insane amount of affinity to the 76ers. Because keep in mind, like, I don't know if they grew up there or what fan of the team they were growing up. But like to to talk smack about play like in Masai Ujiri even uh, he said that he's one hundred percent behind Brian Colangelo which I mean you'd expect him to say but I don't know I don't buy the story about the wife if if the wife indeed didn't do it then I commend her for taking it because it's not easy we hear about scandals all the time but it's not easy to have thousands and in this case probably millions of people angry and or criticizing you online now. Because Brian Colangelo wanted to save his career. We don't know if the wife has a job or like what her friends or the next door neighbor is going to think. Like she also has a life. Now her name has been slugged through the mud for something that a lot of people don't believe she did. And, see, and, that, and, and I don't and get what's the, the point. And that's the reason why I don't think he, he'll ever get a job. Because not only did you do it, not only did you talk poorly about your own teams and your, your own t- um, players... You you drug your wife into something that more than likely she had nothing to do with, but she became Come the on, scape. She became the scapegoat for your own career, and you still got fired anyway. Like to throw your wife underneath the bus for something that that I'm, again we don't know if he did a hundred percent, but at this point, I mean the the odds of his wife creating multiple accounts <laughs> is just. That, that doesn't even make any sense when, when it was revealed that that is what happened. And so to throw your wife under the bus, that is just, that's ludicrous. That's crazy. So I don't, I don't think Brian, I think Brian Colangelo, I think Brian Colangelo's out of here. He's, he's out of here. He just ruined his, he's ruined his career, man. That's, there's no way. So New York Times put out an article and they titled it, The Story of the Wife Who Defended Her Husband in a Way That Left Him Unemployed. People are, people, nobody except, the media directly associated with the 76ers who would obviously promote the story that of course it's true we trust them. even i know the executives are behind the scenes 
smoking their cigars, kicking their feet up in a Miami beach house, maybe even on a yacht, a massive yacht that's worth $200 million, talking about how Brian Colangelo was wilding. I don't believe any of the stuff they're saying. They're putting up for appearance, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't talk to too many people on YouTube that say shit for appearance, and behind the scenes are a whole different person, man. You, they, you, you one of them. Industry, you one like, of them. Let me chill out. Let me chill. We're all one of them. Let me chill. 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 But there's some people you you know they hop on the video and they're like, I'm this way and that way, and then you you know them because you talk to them. You're like, you ain't nothing like that, man. Yeah, I know. You one of them. Yo. Anyway, we, I'm done talking about Brian Kilmeade because he's <laughs> he, he's he's bugging yo. Um. Also, in, right. in, in off season moves with another young team, the Lakers. Really, it's just it's it's really a LeBron thing. So. We really need to talk about it after the finals. However, um, LeBron, free agency, yet again. Multiple teams apparently supposed to warn him. Already did a video about it. However, let me hear your thoughts before I break down any other theories of mine about where LeBron is going to go. Because I'm pretty sure that's what a lot of people want to talk about. Well, a lot of people are just guessing. Just let's, let's think things through, love. What does LeBron want? Let's start with that. LeBron wants, one, championships. Two, wants legacy. He probably wants to be the greatest of all time. He definitely wants to be the greatest. Nobody wants to be second best. Not any competitive basketball player, that's for sure. And so those are most likely going to be his top two priorities. And of course, we could also include he wants to get paid, right? So we can assume and, and, that the place his, he goes his, to... And his family as well. He's, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that plays... Yeah, yeah, you could add his family. We could. Don't get me started on the whole... Uh, 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 weather debate. He wants to cool. No, 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 no. I, I was just about to say you that might. too. I was just about to say that too. You've literally <laughs> sat there and named all those other things, but still have not named weather. But go ahead and go. LeBron is. Go ahead. And I go. just brought it up. So I mean, he might want to hit the club every once in a while. He doesn't want to go to like. He a, does a not want to hit no so, okay, clubs. Okay. Jesus Christ. Let's just let's just okay. All right. Okay. So that's what that's what LeBron wants. So where can he get some of those things? Uh, a lot of people are saying, Agent, you think he's going to go to OKC? Why? How? The team no. is a disaster. Jesus Christ, no. They run a horrible offense. They're not only in the Western Conference, but I don't even think with LeBron that they would even be able to make it out of the second. I don't round. think they'd be able to make it to the Western. Yeah, they wouldn't because either Houston or Golden State would not yeah, come exactly. out. So there's that. That's out of the question. So I saw an article though, and you've probably seen it too, saying the Raptors were a dark horse potential. Why? No. Why would he go to the team he just finished embarrassing for the last like five years? That doesn't make any sense. So we'll exclude those guys. The Lakers, there's money there, but I don't think there's championship potential there, at least not this year. Now, if Kuzma, Lonzo, Randall, all these young players on the team develop in a few years, that team is going to be insane. And then you add a player like LeBron there, but LeBron doesn't have a few years. He doesn't have any years he wants to waste. I don't think he's going to the Lakers, low. I think if he wants to achieve what he wants to achieve and he wants to do it this year... He's going to have to go to either Houston because, of course, they were oh so close, a couple quarters away, and one unfortunate injury away from making it to the finals. Or he's going to have to go to the 76ers, which I would recommend. Now, it doesn't make a lot of sense, just logically speaking, because you have a player like Ben Simmons I don't think would work well with LeBron James. But I think there's a lot of value in staying in the Eastern Conference. And I think LeBron recognizes that because he's been doing that his entire career. If you go to the Western Conference, you have to eliminate either the Houston Rockets or the Golden State Warriors before you even get to the finals. No, you would have to, you'd have to get both of them out. Or you'd hope that you dodge one of them, but you would play one of those two teams. And you would have to be on a fantastic team with a lot of chemistry, even if your name is LeBron James. 
to go up against those two teams, assuming Klay Thompson resigns, Kevin Durant resigns, and all that. I think he goes to Houston or the 76ers. But honestly, like he could stay in Cleveland and just try and make that work. The the narrative for his career might just be that KD ruined the NBA and LeBron was carrying this team. That might be what he's into, though. But if he truly believes he can win a ring, which I think is his top priority, then there's only a few places you can do that. And also have enough cap space to support, obviously, the greatest player on the planet. But see, uh, that, but that, you know, that part... Well, he might surprise us with, like, a Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely not doing honestly, that. Honestly, no, when he went back to the Cavs, honestly, we, we really don't know what to expect. It's just... But see, that, you know? that, that last part is the part that many people are not understanding fully, which is the cap space. And I don't think people thoroughly understand that it's not that many teams who even have enough money to acquire him. Barely any team. Exactly. They have that much money to acquire him without them either doing a sign and trade or with, with him or, or unless he takes a massive pay cut, which he's already said he's not doing. So he said that he he said this. Before he even re-signed with the Cavs, I think after 2015 or whatever, where he, he flat out said... He shouldn't. Everybody else should take a pay cut, but it shouldn't be But see, but he, what his, his argument was that when he went to Miami, it set a bad trend for the NBA because it was leaving expectations that the players should take to, to make financial sacrifices because the best player in the NBA was doing so. And he felt like that, that set a bad trend for the NBA because everyone else was not receiving the money that they were supposed to receive. And he doesn't want that to be the precedent in the NBA. So he's, he's taking max, which I understand, but I mean, it's fantastic. He, yeah, exactly. But he doesn't even have to explain himself. He shouldn't have to take a pay cut. So, I mean, that, that's another thing as well. Um, but him, him going to Houston is possible, but it would have to be a sign and trade with Ryan Anderson and or Eric Gordon just for him to be on that team. Which- and then it would still go. Which, if you're the Cavaliers, you definitely ask for more than that. Exactly. But all right. And, and even if he does that, if they decide to keep Chris Paul, which they've openly said they wanted to, but who knows, something could possibly happen. But if they keep Chris Paul and keep Clint Capella, they will be so significantly over the cap, it would be ridiculous. So that's something that's that's <laughs> almost, it's, it's not something that's, that's going to be realistic. Then on the flip side of things, Philly, they can add Philly around the team, but him and Ben Simmons on the same Flow with one another, especially on the perimeter. I really don't know how that's going to work out, especially since. What's, what's the chances Ben Simmons develops a jump shot by next? And, that, and that's another problem. Is that's that's the biggest problem right there. But then also again, LeBron, the way that he plays, I just don't see how that that's really going to work out for the team unless LeBron is really committed to the idea of of switching up his playing style. L. A. sounds realistic unless um, L. A. sounds realistic if Paul George joins him as well. However, who knows if that's going to happen? But I, I think I think the odds of that happening isn't isn't that crazy. But in my opinion, and I, I know this sounds crazy, is people because I think I, th- I think the reason why it sounds crazy is because people don't really thoroughly understand how 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 many how few options LeBron has. But in my opinion, staying in Cleveland and convincing the Cavaliers to trade away Kevin Love and this year's eighth overall pick to go get Paul George in a sign and trade, to me that makes the most sense. And if LeBron is on the team with Rodney Hood, George Hill, PG, him at the power forward position, and Tristan Thompson at the five, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a terrible lineup. I actually believe that's a, that's a good enough lineup for, like you said, for him to stay in the Eastern Conference, still be favored. Cause I think that, that thing, that team is good enough to beat both the 76ers 
and the Celtics to make another finals appearance. And if that is part of LeBron's legacy, which it is at this point, that is, that is good enough for him to continue to do what he's always been able to do, which is dominate the Eastern Conference. But then outside of that, the Warriors. And I know many people don't want to admit it, but if they do a sign and trade for Draymond Green, yes, what? yeah, they can. If they do a sign and trade, <laughs> let's, not, for, let's not speak such things into existence. Hey, we didn't want to. We didn't want to speak such things in existence when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. However, <laughs> they can do a sign and trade with Iguodala and Draymond Green to get LeBron, and it, that would actually work out. Especially since Draymond talking all this max salary type stuff right now, which is ridiculous. Draymond cannot go to yeah. the Cavs, bro. He has beef with everybody on that team. I mean, he has beef, but at that, who, who really cares? <laughs> but and also, if we're talking about signing trading players, I would rather have Draymond and Iguodala than Ryan Anderson. Like all of the other players that they're saying that they're doing a signing trade with, they're not as good as Draymond is. So I don't. I don't know. To, to me, the whole idea of him going to Houston is very skewed. Even San Antonio, with they would have to sign and trade Pau Gasol and or um, Patty Mills. And so again, I'd rather have Draymond and Iguodala than that. So I, I I don't understand the whole Spurs and, and that's good. And, you brought that up. The Houston thing is kind of it's kind of hard. It's kind of far fetched. What do you think about the Spurs, Lo? Is that like? I mean, we don't know what the state of Kawhi is looking like. Yeah, that's another thing too. Nobody doesn't know about Kawhi, and no one doesn't know about Popovich. People don't want to. People keep glossing over well, that, but that's the reason why, or at least this is what, what he said. That's part of the reason why Chris Paul did not go to the Spurs because it's not clear on what Popovich is going to do in the next two to three years. So, so uh, there's reports saying that Greg Pop will coach the U.S. team in 2020. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to be in the NBA. I was that about long, to say that's that, but, yeah, exactly. It, it seems like next year he'll be fine. So even if LeBron just wants to do a one-year deal before he takes like the last year of his last big contract of his career, and keep in mind like there's a seniority in the CBA. So the longer you're in the league, the more you can get. The bigger the max is. So if he waits a year and then goes for max five years or four years, however long he wants to do, finish his career off with whatever team, then he'll get the most amount of money if that's what he was focused on. But I think Spurs. That's not a ridiculous option. But I do like, like, people forget, maybe because they don't watch the 76ers play that. The 76ers are like the Warriors. It's like the light version of the Warriors. You know when you're downloading apps on your phone and, like, there's always a light version and there's the pro version? At least that's how it was, like, back when I had an iPod. Uh, the, it's like the, the, the 76ers are like the Warriors light. They have a lot of ball movement, a lot of off-ball screens. Unlike the Cavaliers who are breaking shots left and right, they have insane shooters everywhere except the one player that people continuously bring up and that's ben simmons he'll work it out man it's lebron james he's been he played on teams and dealt with problems way bigger than a point guard who can't shoot i guess the bigger question i think a lot of people don't ask is what happens to markel Fultz if lebron joins the 76ers i don't know where he would dive in to get minutes i don't know how many touches he might potentially get or where he at where he is with his shooting which i think is people's biggest concern uh, but that's you stay in the Eastern Conference. You almost guarantee yourself, assuming no injuries, that you make the NBA Finals. And then, like, you just have to you have to go at the the Warriors. But this time, not only do you have defensive juggernauts in Simmons and Embiid, but you have shooters all around you that you can rely on to make shots. And LeBron is like, how old is LeBron now? 
He doesn't have to run ISO offense and carry the entire load all the time no more because there's enough ball movement and momentum passing in the offense that he won't be drenched in sweat. So much so that he's not willing to and or too tired to play defense. But see, and, and so, see, that's, I mean, don't... That, and that's, the, that's another reason why I don't think... Houston, to me, that's the reason why I don't think Houston is, is a legit option, nor I think San Antonio is either. Houston and San Antonio, to me, feels like a two, maybe three-year type of thing, where I think LeBron could possibly stay in the NBA for another four or five years, right? He needs to be on a team where he can just be on the team and just retire and just stay there for the rest of his career, right? And the only way he's going to get that is if, A, he just feels content with staying in Cleveland, which I don't think it's that far-fetched. Again, people don't want to admit it, but I don't think it's that far-fetched for him to just feel like he's content in Cleveland. It is. It is. I don't, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it is. forfeiting his chance to get undisputed GOAT recognition. He'd be forfeiting that. But I don't think he, I don't, it's a, there's no, there's no where, there's no place where he can go to where he's going to get an undisputed GOAT recognition because there's no place. If he gets one chance, but there, but there's, cause there's no place in the NBA where he could go to and it would make them a, a championship. I guess I guess the the, the team is going to win a championship the over Warriors the Warriors. Would be the only exactly, team. <laughs> and, and that's then that team is the Warriors because even if he goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, and, and mind you, the reason why the Sixers and the Lakers are even in the running is because, again, like I said before, when he gets older, he wants to be on a team where he can just retire his on, and the Sixers and the, and the um, Lakers have that opportunity because they have young pieces that could continue to push a level of greatness out of LeBron, even if. He isn't able to do so on a, on a consistent basis. They're able to just continue to kind of help LeBron to that process of making the NBA finals, which is something that you can make an argument that only Kareem has really had in his career to that extent where they're still making the finals and still winning championships despite his lack of productivity. And so that's what LeBron may need to continue to win a championship or championships, excuse me. But even then, I don't necessarily know if, if if he, if him not having a major impact on the team while they're winning a championship may be enough for him to make him an undisputed goat. But to me, Houston and San Antonio, even if you add him on the team, I don't know if that's enough, and that's the problem. There's 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 uh, no. If you add him on Houston, it is. I doubt it. There's there's no there's no. Team. I mean, it was almost enough this year, though. Yeah, it, it was, but I, I don't think it would work. I just don't. I don't think three ball handles would work, and James Harden. He has to prove to me that he's not going to fold in the, in the playoffs. And Chris Paul has to prove to me that he, he can actually play a hundred plus he did. games. Chris Paul proved it no, this year. Hun- no, 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 Paul, no, no, no. I don't know about Harden. No, I'm saying a hundred games like in, he has to prove that he can stay oh. healthy. Like, no, you're right. Chris okay. Paul proved that, yeah, he, he was still playing at an elite level, which is crazy, but he has to prove that he's going to stay healthy enough because that's been, that's really the knock at this point of Chris Paul's career that he, that he's not healthy enough deep into the playoff runs. I, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to make it seem like that they're that they're not good enough because they were close. My problem is again is that if you put LeBron on that team, how much are you cutting off of that roster when it comes to that amount of spacing that we were that we were witnessing, and how long are they willing to be repeat offenders and continue to stay over the cap? And I understand you may need to be repeat offenders and be astronomically over the cap to compete with the Warriors, which is true. However. It's literally a one, maybe two year window because after the, after next season or the year after that, Chris Paul is probably going to be done. Like he will be torched 
Like, if you think he looks stagnant from time to time now with some of his injuries, imagine what he's going to look like two years down the line. And so, if you're talking about a one to two year shot, yeah, sure, the, the um, Rockets try to figure out a way to manipulate the cap by doing some signing trades. Okay, cool. But outside of the Rockets, I don't think there's any other team. And again, that's a long shot for a one to two year stretch. I, I think he's better off going with the 76ers or the Lakers. Or, and again, even the Cavs, because I think for a longer period of time, especially the Sixers, they're able to keep him to a level of relevancy even as he gets older. And I, I don't see that with the Houston Rockets. I, the, that, I think low that Lego. if Westbrook was able to give up some possessions, like we saw his possessions please don't, were please like don't talk, Paul Westbrook, George. Westbrook, no. Jesus Christ, no. Or a Carmelo. And the, if, if Westbrook is capable of running a ISO-heavy offense with – Three players who you can put on different teams and they would likely be. I don't know about Carmelo no more. I was about to say. say, Let's not. Let's not. We'll say Paul George for for sure. But Carmelo. I think that they. they, If you put LeBron in Houston, they are making the finals. And it would take the Warriors to shoot lights out. And they've done it plenty of times in the playoffs. But the performance that the Warriors showed in the playoffs this year is not good enough. They would have to be better. They shot horribly throughout the playoffs. Uh, they got bailed out from time to time with fantastic performances from like one of the four players. Whether it was Clay Thompson sometimes or KD a lot of the times. I, I just think that, it, and this is assuming that the, uh, the Warriors don't improve as a team, which they will find a way to do. And we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Warriors getting AD or don't even get me started if that happens. Um, but I think I think if they get eighty, they become worse. So because the what they would have to give up? I, how how eighty is like because they would, Draymond we, on steroids. But no, they would have to get rid of Draymond and Clay to get eighty. And then, okay, yeah, you don't yeah, want you don't, don't want yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. There's literally nothing you could do to replace Clay. Exactly, he is one of the most insane shooters ever. I mean, isn't that sad? What we're talking about right now, Lo? I know. I'm. I, I know. That's that's why I'm. <laughs> that's, I'm kind of over it because. People are still arguing with me on, on Twitter about like parody and, and KD ruining the NBA or whatever. And, and I saw your tweet and stuff like that about how maybe, you know, the expectations for players winning championships may have ruined the NBA. And I get that part, but the whole KD going to the Warriors and him, I mean, he just took advantage of a situation that will, that will rarely happen in the NBA, which is, and I partly blame Adam Silver for this as well for not regulating the cap the way that it probably should have been regulated. But when the, when the cap inflated the way that it inflated and for Kevin Durant to join that team at that opportunity, which is really the only time that could ever happen. And basically just locking himself on a roster where he secured the amount of money that he needed to secure along with the position to put the rest of the team in to continue to win a championship to a point where, like you're saying, because they already have the assets, they can always just trade away anybody and go get Anthony Davis or go get LeBron James. Like it's it's not just the fact that they did this, but it's the fact that they can, they now put themselves in a situation where oh, being over the cap can just be a consistent theme in all of their careers because of the of the uh, uh, of the um, I'm drawing a blank here now. Exceptions that are for for going over the cap, such as the mid level exception or the bird rights, it's 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 ridiculous. I'm not gonna say a lie to you because I just don't know 
I just don't know that. I mean, the fact that Anthony Davis being on that team is is just is the fact that it's a possibility is just annoying. LeBron could just resign with the Cavs, get that super super duper max, and then put it in the contract that LeBron will get an extra forty fifty million if he makes the All NBA team two or three years or whatever. LeBron could like leave the NBA on a quick little four year deal for like two hundred twenty million type. Maybe that's pushing. Maybe two hundred ten million. He can go big and make a lot of money, but it's it's funny that like he is such a competitor because we're not even talking about that as a possibility, even though it very much is. We just know that he's gonna compete. He has to compete. There's no other options because he's chasing just one guy, and you can make an argument that he's really close or that he's past him. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, let's talk about the the Kobe remarks. I was just about to say that too because the Kobe remarks was. I, w- I just want to hear your thoughts on this right here because it, it was it was interesting. So introduce it, man. Oh, okay. You want me? You want me to introduce it? Faye says you're the host, man. No, nah, um, yeah, because because <laughs> we were talking about competing and stuff like that. So I don't. I feel like many people are just misrepresenting what Kobe said because he he definitely one he was asked he was asked of his opinion about certain um certain topics about LeBron and things of that nature, and I think it was Howard Beck from Bleacher Report, if I'm not mistaken, that he had to sit down with a slew of other um, NBA players or, or ex-NBA players, I should say. Actually, no, Vince Carter's in the league. So some NBA players, uh, many of which were ex-NBA players, Vince Carter, uh, Isaiah Thomas, the great Isaiah Thomas, um, Dennis Scott. I, I want to say it was some, somebody, but Kobe was one of them. And there was just a, a, a few questions asked about LeBron, the NBA, what should LeBron do? How should he win? And just to paraphrase, basically was asked of Kobe, um, and it was asked of all of them, what exactly are you, there's going to the finals and losing and having a, a losing record in the finals. Is that hurting LeBron's legacy or whatever, right? And so everyone was basically given the stereotypical answer of, Oh man, well, you gotta put things in context. You gotta look at the team he's facing and, t- and the team as he has. Of yada, 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 right? But basically, Kobe, what Kobe said was, you just gotta figure out a way to win. And at the end of the day, they're, they're a great team. And he was using his competition that he faced in, in 2010 when they had Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, et cetera, et cetera, on that, um, Celtics team. And instead of trying to, I, I don't want to say make excuses, but Kobe and, and his, and again, to paraphrase what he was saying, in his mind, the, the answer to facing the Celtics was, this is what we're just going to have to do. We're going to have to go through the Celtics to win. And so to put that level uh, of responsibility on LeBron because he's that great, at the end of the day, you're going to have to face them regardless. So you just got to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. And so people, mm-hmm. I think what people did is they took that out of context because they really didn't even read the whole they, they just took highlights of it and they didn't really read and thoroughly understand the context of it because even Kobe before that clearly stated that in my own opinion, you know, championships and winning rings is what it's always about because that's how I judge Bird, Magic, and, and Jordan. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. People can, can rate them however they want to. And so then he followed that by saying he just got to figure out a way. So I think me, many people are misquoting him, but at the end of the day, I don't understand why people are upset with what he's saying because – what he's saying is true. It's not like we're going to sit here and just keep making excuses. If LeBron wants to win, he has to find a way to win. 
Like that's just what it is. That's just that's that's how it is at the end of the day. It's not even like it's not even like that's a that's a what's the word? It's not even uh contentious. It's not a contentious thing to say. It's literally straight logic. Yeah. Whether you talk to Michael Jordan who said the same thing, Kobe Bryant, or just a few weeks ago, Greg Popovich who said the same thing. These are all time players, coaches. You have to find a way to win. There's no other way. I mean, you can sit there and make excuses. You could come out, talk about the injury you had, but everybody deals with being tired, being injured. If you're going to be the greatest of all time, if you're the greatest person on the planet, sometimes it's not going to be fair. They're going to have a team that's insane, but you have to, you have to find a way. And, and what Kobe said is, is not only just misrepresented, but it is so factually correct. Because what we saw in game three and especially in game four was that wasn't there. In the NBA Finals, LeBron James seemed like he knew the result of what was going to happen. You could tell by the answers he was given to the questions in the press conference. He talked about, uh, somebody asked him a question, Low, about whether he would go to the White House to meet Donald Trump. And he said, no, if the Golden State Warriors won or if we won, we wouldn't go. But it was interesting to me that he mentioned the Golden State Warriors first. Because when Stephen Curry was asked the question, he said, no, if we win, we're not going. So LeBron, in many instances, almost made it obvious to us that he knew he wasn't going to win. Now, it was obvious to all of us watching, right? If you were a Cavalier fan, maybe you held out faith. Don't worry. I held out faith the Raptors would beat the Cavs, and that looked silly. But if you're a rational NBA fan, and there's no bias whatsoever, then you knew. But if you're a player... And you're supposed to be the greatest of all time. You just have to find a way. In fact, you don't even have to find a way to win the series, Low. You have to find a way to win at least one game. And there was plenty of mistakes that they made that prevented them from winning game one. And that set the tone for the rest of the series. It's just facts. If you talk to any of the all-time players, they're going to say LeBron is one of the greatest of all time. If not, some of them will say either the greatest, maybe second greatest, wherever they put him in the rankings. They're going to say he's a fantastic player. But what are you going to do? You're going to complain about it? Or are you going to just make action? It's kind of like how low, like when uh, I was watching a a stream, Ninja was talking about, like, yeah, if Epic Games changes something in Fortnite, I can't just sit here and talk about it and complain about it because it impacted my game negatively or it's unfair that this happened and this ruined this. He said, like, I just had to find a way to adjust. So when he played Halo competitive, when he played H1Z1, when he played PUBG, he, you have to. There's like, what, 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 is, what is the alternative if you don't? Lose it. And so some of these players like Kobe, like you could tell they think about like they, they would get eaten alive if they lost. And so when you hit the game winning shot and you have the flu, it's just because you found a way. And that's not a crazy thing to say. The fact that that's even contentious is ridiculous in my opinion. Who would argue that? Who would argue you have to find a way to win? We're like, oh, look at Kobe. Of course, he's going to talk about rings. It's Kobe. And then they begin to, which was the interesting part, Low, was the retaliation. Kobe was getting criticism now from uh, not LeBron fans, but Bronsexuals, who didn't know how to have a rational argument. And then people just began to attack Kobe. He was asked a question. He gave his opinion. And it was another instance of people just not liking his opinion. Some people. And then them firing back. And then athletes are going to see that and be like, I guess I can't tell my opinion on anything or else people are going to fire back. And so I commend him for just saying what was on his mind and not giving like a PC answer. 
Like Steve Kerr and the Greg Pops of the world, anytime they're asked a question, they never back off. They just say what's on their mind. And if you want to react whatever way, then they'll handle the reaction. But, man, it's crazy that people even had that. But uh, Charles Barkley got in the mix. There's been a lot of people. You can find quotes flying around, some in, some out of context, about uh, Michael Jordan versus LeBron James or just LeBron James in the finals. Charles Barkley said, and I quote, I will slap anyone comparing LeBron to Michael Jordan as GOAT. And so, of course, people can go at him, but that's his opinion. And I know he has some ridiculous opinions from time to time, but isn't everybody entitled to their own? I mean, I get y'all can get mad at it, whatever you want, but I just damn, man, everybody's so sensitive. I just feel like the whole because I, I think what many people are, again, kind of forgetting, because then not, not only were people taking him out of context, they proceeded to take his career out of context, right? So, like, people are just saying, like... Very. Yeah, like, people are just saying, like, oh, yeah, when you went to the finals, you was always favored and stuff like that. But, however, entering the season, Kobe was not always favored. Matter of fact, there's a lot of years where Kobe just wasn't favored, and the fact that he still made to the finals seven years is pretty impressive. However, what people have to understand is that in Kobe's mind, when he was playing in the NBA... Not even just the, the Boston Celtics in 2010. Man, Kobe knew for a fact that like, he was going to have to beat the Spurs. Like That was just a thing that he had to do. And so when people are sitting here telling, and, and not even just saying this on Twitter, but then say, saying this to Kobe on Twitter as well, saying that, oh, man, LeBron had to face the Spurs twice. And it's like, Kobe faced the Spurs. <laughs> Co- Co- Kobe faced the Spurs while Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker were in their prime in the in the goddamn <laughs> conference playoffs just to make the finals. So the the fact that And they had that annoying bitch Bruce Bowen injuring players too. So so the yeah. so the fact that people don't even thoroughly understand the fact that and this is not again, it's not everyone, but the fact that people cannot understand that it's it's not just a finals thing. You just gotta find a way to win regardless. And if we're doing this for LeBron, and I, I said this before and I will continue to say this over and over again. If we're going to sit here and I don't, I don't want to say it's excuses, but if we're going to, I'll say this. If we're going to put LeBron's career into context and look at the teams that he's lost to, regardless of how he's lost to those teams, and just say that he lost to a better team, then we would have to do that for everyone else in, in NBA history. Because if you look at who Steve Nash has lost to, which has been the San Antonio Spurs for majority of his career. However, no one doesn't go back and say, man, he lost to Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker in their primes. No one doesn't do that, but yet people do that for LeBron. And they weren't even in their primes when LeBron lost to them in, in 2014. When people sit there and say that um, Steve, um, not Steve Nash, Chris Paul, he's lost to the teams that he's lost to, but people don't put that in context, and especially how well he's played. People don't put into context who James Harden has lost to, because if you look at over, and James Harden hasn't really played that great, so he may not be the greatest example. However, James Harden, if I'm not mistaken, three of the last four years, he's lost to the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. But no one doesn't talk about that. Those are the teams that have stopped his his run to the finals are the Golden State Warriors. The same Warriors team, regardless if LeBron loses or wins to them, the same team that we are crediting LeBron in the NBA Finals to winning or losing to. James Harden is facing those exact and same teams. interestingly enough, the context of what happened in the best of seven series doesn't matter neither. Whether James, if James Harden takes them to seven games or loses in four, it doesn't matter. 
But when LeBron loses in four, it's just there. Everybody's ready. Like, of course, look at the team he's playing. It's like, you could have pulled out a, a game, man. Like, your team wasn't so bad that you couldn't pull out a game, especially when the, the whole team was shooting bad. And, and it's, it's whatever. Low, people are, are not willing to use context when it doesn't support whatever argument they're trying to make a lot of the time. Especially on the exactly. internet. especially if you look on Twitter, and that's that's just that's just the truth. And so man. again, that's I think I, and I think that's just all where Kobe's coming from. I think people are like really reading way too much into it. It's not necessarily because it's not like even when Kobe when they were asking Kobe about it, it's not like he was even sitting there saying like, "Oh, he's blaming LeBron." He was just saying like, "Yo, this is what it is." And like it it was never a moment where he was saying like, "Yeah, LeBron." He failed and he, he did. No, it was just like, yeah, man, like, I mean, that's a great team and all stuff like that. But at some point, you got to find a way to win and you just got to win the championship, man. That's all it is. All, and, he, and they even asked, I think, I'm pretty sure it's Howard Beck. He even asked him about the finals appearances and Kobe was straight up like, bro, you, you know my answer about some finals appearance. It's about, I mean, it's about winning the actual finals. So I just feel like when it, when it comes to LeBron's career, people have set different parameters and standards of how they're judging a player. And if you're doing that, then you have to be consistent with everyone else. And the problem is, or at least the biggest problem I have is that that's not what people are doing. They're not being consistent. And so when you're not consistent, it just makes it extremely frustrating to sit here and have consistent arguments about where players rank when you're judging one player vastly different from somebody else. And again, no one is blaming LeBron for losing because everyone thought that they were going to lose. The Cavs are going to lose anyway in the finals this this year and last year. So no one's not blaming them. But again, you you just have to find a way to win. That is, I mean, that's just the answer to it. And yeah. even if that answer is going to whatever team you need to go to, if LeBron loses next year, it's still you just got to find a way to win. Like that that is that's what the answer is moving forward. Because again, like Agent alluded to. It's not, and I, I just, I just feel like so many people just look at who's winning the finals and, or, and saying that, oh, well, yeah, obviously this player won the finals or this team won the finals. <laughs> when, when a lot of times that's not how it went. There are certain things that you just have to overcome. Like you said, Jordan with the flu game. Go back and look at the flu game and go back and look at what the stats that his teammates, Jordan's teammates was putting up. And the fact that Jordan had the flu. And Scottie Pippen really wasn't doing much of anything that game. Not neither was it really anybody else in that team. The fact that the game was even close and Jordan had to pull that game out of his behind because no one else showed up while he was under under the weather or whatever he was. He wasn't a hundred percent. Jordan just looked at the situation like, man, I, I gotta we gotta win. I gotta find a way to win. So it may not be to the same magnitude as as LeBron facing the Warriors, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's just it's common sense. You just got to find a way to win. I don't really think it's not even that big of a deal. I don't know why people made it that big of a deal. Jesus Christ! The final the final point I'll make is like Kobe's comments were like they weren't malicious. They were almost supportive. And obviously, he's not going to come on after his retirement and just start to shit talk NBA players like different old heads in the past trying to try and minimize the accomplishments of current NBA players because they liked it better back in the day. He was literally, like, it was a supportive answers. He just was speaking his mind. He wasn't giving the, oh, yeah, but LeBron had to deal with this, this. We know what he had to deal with. It's weird, though. If, if somebody else gave this answer, I don't think there would be that much criticism. But I think there's just, there's that criticism because it's Kobe. And uh, I guess that threatened LeBron's, 
LeBron's uh the argument that LeBron is the undisputed goat in any argument in the contrary is blasphemous. We must do away with it. Uh anyway, that's that's about it to that argument, right? Yeah. Well, what else does Brian what else happened, man? What has been going on in the NBA? I don't know if there's much else, man. I mean, the, the draft is going to be next week. Um, Do you know anything about the players? I'm, I'm starting to hear, like, one of the Marvin Bagley got a Puma deal for the first time since, like, 30 years or something like that. Which is which is, which is Puma, the ugliest man. thing in the world. I don't know why you would sign with Puma. I mean, I, I get it. You, would you buy low, Would you buy Puma kicks if, like, Kobe Pumas came no, out? No, I wouldn't. I mean, it's Puma. I don't even buy. I don't even buy. I don't even buy Kobe <laughs> kicks because they're just too. They fit too small on my feet. But I mean, I don't. I mean, the whole Puma thing is kind of crazy. The one thing that's interesting about this year's draft is that how many players are moving up and down, while in the same, in the same breath, I don't really think there that there's like any. I don't want to say that these players are trash, and obviously there's always going to be like one or two players that are in the draft. That will eventually be um, franchise players or at least all stars. No, no all stars. But for the most part, I don't. There's no. There's nobody. There's nobody in this draft where I'm like just you see, blown away by. You see some all stars in the draft class, low. I mean, no, right now I don't. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's always one of those players that kind of just sleep on in the um in the draft and stuff like that. Okay. But for the most part, a lot of these players and who they are as individuals are being heavily embellished just because of who their direct competition is in the draft class. So how they're moving up in like, no, I don't think there's any prospect entering the draft this year. That is good. That is as good as a Ben Simmons or a Joel Embiid or, I mean, even I would say is as good as what we may have thought that Lonzo or Tatum was in the, uh, in last year's draft or even Marco Fultz to an extent. I see Aiton, but he has massive problems in this game. Luca would probably be the best well-rounded, especially because his his, um, his experience. Luca would probably be the uh, the best player entering the draft. However, no one doesn't know what he's going to do. It's to the point where where Doncic is is borderline. He's basically just telling everybody, "Look, man, you draft me. I'm I'm probably going to be overseas for another year or two because I really don't feel like fucking with y'all." So no one doesn't know about what Luca's going to do, which may be the best thing for you because if you draft Luca and you and you tank a little bit longer, draft a few other players, and it could work out in your favor. However, no one doesn't know about Luca. Mobamba, he sounds great on paper. However, Mobamba more so feels like or sounds like a player like Draymond Green, where yes, he he's very impactful on the team that he may be on. However, he has to be on a team that already has that offensive talent around him for him to excel in the role that he's going to play in. So Mo Bamba as an individual, the fact that he's even a top one, he's even thought about being one of the top five picks in a draft where majority of the teams that may be selecting him, they don't even have any other star on their roster to begin with. So Mo Bamba being the impactful player that people believe that he's going to be, is going to take longer than what he's going to be because he's not a, a true franchise changing player, especially because of his lack of offensive talents. Trey Young on the defensive end, I'm, I'm still shaking on him, especially because, you know, his size. Trey Young would have to be on the level of like a Steph Curry for, for me to really buy into him, and I'm not really that sold. The only player that I really, really like in this draft is Mikael Bridges, but even he's one of the players that would have to go on a team like a, like a New York Knicks that have Porzingis for you to really achieve his maximum potential. 
Because, but, but outside of that, man, I, I'm really not sold on anybody else. Mav, Marvin Bagley, he shows some potential, but still sh- shows a, a lack of discipline on the defensive end from time to time. And Michael Porter, I've heard, I've heard some things about him that are positive, but I think a lot of those things are just lies. So people can kind of get thrown off when it comes to who, who, um, who's going to be drafted who next Thursday. So I don't know. I, I've, I'm kind of indifferent about a lot of players and teams so far. Well, I'll learn their names the second they start putting up buckets in the NBA, man. Until then, I'll just uh, listen to Jalen Rose's very inaccurate comparisons he loves to give on draft day. That's a fact, and that's that's another thing too. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm not. I'm definitely not the the person to sit here and take the 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 um the college. I guess my expertise on college aren't they're not that greatest because I'm not. They're not the greatest because. I don't really watch too much college basketball because I feel just like Adrian feels. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll get to know them better when they enter the draft uh, and, and they make it to the league and they start making a name for themselves. Because shoot, last year this time I didn't I didn't really know who Donovan Mitchell was, but I definitely know who he is now, and that's fine. But wait, who's that? Face us. And, and last year I didn't need to know who I, I didn't know who, who um, Malik Monk was. And right now, I still really don't know who that is, so it's fine to me. But I, I mean, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to go that way. I mean, way. <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, if uh, I don't understand why I need to know these players' name if they're not going to be that good in the NBA, because that's where it really counts to me. But um, it'll, it's going to be interesting though. I feel like a lot of teams are going to make trades during this um during this draft class because I don't really think there's enough. I don't think there's enough star talented pieces in this draft class, or at least players that have shown the potential to be a star talented player for anyone to really bite on anybody else. So I think there's going to be just a whole bunch of trades going on. You know what that means, right? In these drafts, there's usually like insane talent hidden at like number 20 that someone's going to come across. Usually in these low-key drafts that you find someone like that, man, a low-key gem, just chilling in the first, uh, in like the, the number 34 and going to the Milwaukee Bucks or something. Who knows? Anyway, uh... On that note, Lo, what else is there to talk about? We might as well end the podcast. Yo, you seen, you seen the pictures of Mike Bibby? No, what happened to Mike Bibby? Bro, he on steroids, bro. He trending right now on Twitter. Go look at that real quick. Oh, he is. I just booked that. What the fuck? Yo, Mike Bibby is... <laughs> Yo. He is on roids, my guy. Yo, I, don't, I don't know. First of all... <laughs> he looks like a 2K My Player. <laughs> he looks like a... Um... Bro, he, he looks like... what is What is that thing called? He looks like GI Joe. He's like a he does he's like an action figure. He looks like like yeah. like a, like a, almost like an over exaggeration of of like um NBA street players when they're just like massively muscular for no reason. <laughs> he's he, he's ridiculous. Yeah. Like the fact that he decided to put on that much weight at this stage of his his life, not even just career his his life, that's ridiculous. And it's not even like a it's not wow. even a bulk. It's like he's he's just that big. Like it's. Cause it's not like he has that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, no, you could see, you could see the definition. Yeah, you can see the definition. If you look yeah. at him, it's, I didn't even know. Like he was, he didn't have no muscle as a player. I don't know how he wasn't getting bodied by other point guards. He probably was. I mean, he, I mean, he, he was. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, Jesus, that's. I feel like Mike Bibby is preparing for a, a Mister America photo shoot, man. Jeez. Fact, let me go on. Let me go on. Um, let me go on Mike Bibby's page real quick, cause. I wonder if Mike Bibby. When's the last time we seen a picture of Mike Bibby? I'm gonna tell you right now. If Mike Bibby took a picture like two weeks ago and he wasn't that big, man, he on steroids. Like, come on, come on, Mike Bibby, you got you got cut it out, bro. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely like uh, that's suspect right there. Does that mean that he didn't work out whatsoever during his NBA career? I, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, that's that's exactly what it means because all steroids does is reduce the time in between workouts so your muscles repair faster. And and so, damn man, wow! You should see his chest muscles. We're just analyzing a guy right now, Lo. He looks like. My goodness, his lower titty is massive. He has double D's, bro. It's wild right here. I have never seen a guy look this buff. What is he, like 6'3"? What is he, 6'2"? Yeah, 6'3". Oh, my God, man. You guys should Google hey, yo, the photo. I ain't going to lie, right yo. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I ain't going to lie. Yeah, his, his chest muscles are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that lower titty has all kind of definition, though. It's kind of... Yo, his chest. He got the Dwight Howard shoulders. My goodness, man. <laughs> now, to be fair, Lo, uh, when when you run and you do a lot of cardio, you usually lean out, which is why you don't see a lot of bodybuilders doing a lot of cardio. So there's a chance that Mike Bibby has been lifting but not doing much cardio. And so... He's just been kind of, and he doesn't even look like he's in a bulk neither, because he looks fairly lean. He looks like he just finished a cut or something. You can see all of the definition and the striations across his shoulders, his biceps. Oh my god! You can see the the veins popping out of his forearms. My god, man! You think he worked out his legs at all? His calves look uh. Ah, let me stop analyzing this guy, man. Cut that out. He, he just like he's on steroids. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to find. An image or a picture of Mike Bibby. I found a video on Baller's Life right now on YouTube. And it's like a, like a little small glimpse of Mike Bibby. This was in November 30th, 2017. So, like yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to so, eight months? There's no way. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come <laughs> on. Are you Skype or Discord? Come on, how, how are you? I'm going to look at um, Skype right now. I don't know... I don't know how you're. I don't know, bro. If you just click it, it's gonna pop you right to where he, you see a picture of him, not a picture of him like him in action. He got a little something. He Wait, got a little something going on. He got a little something. Uh... No, he looks. He looks massive. I guess he just never took off. This is the first time he took off his shirt he in years. That, he looks that massive in that shirt. No, he doesn't. Age. You cut it out. Yeah, he look does. At, look at. Look, pa- works, pause at the man. three minute mark. His muscles are. I, not- I, I saw exactly what you're talking about, Lo. There's, it's it's like, do you ever I see Dwayne Rock Johnson out, in like a? Yo, I'm, I'm watching ballers right now. Dwayne the Rock Johnson does not look as massive as he does in the dress shirt. But he, second he takes that off and wears the tank top, bro, he looks like he just tripled if the that, size. If, if that's the case, is. then he's wearing the tightest tank top. Might be wearing the tightest tank top I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he is. That's crazy. Shout out to Mike Bibby, man. I love it, man. He finished his NBA career and he's grinding. Finding, I don't know what he's up to, but it looks like he's been he's been going hard. <laughs> Yo, who cares if he's in PEDs? Even if he is, man, he's he's not in the he's not competing for anything anymore. He just he just wants to be healthy and uh, maybe decrease the size of his lower genitalia. As a as a as a as, as, a, as a side note, no one hasn't really recognized this either. However. If you look at the original shot where he's, I don't know who, I don't know who he's working out with, but he's working out with somebody. If you look at it, it says shots made 600 out of 764. 
That man was doing layups. Which is there's, there's no way he's doing layups. Come on, come on. If he's shooting, if he's, he's free throws. if he's shooting three pointers at that rate at his age, it's pretty impressive, bro. It's free throws. Bro. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Why is he still playing basketball? That's a good. Question. I think he's playing. Yeah, I think he was. Um, he's well, he's coaching basketball. At least that's what that ball is life video shows. Oh, um, so you think like he's a trainer now? Yeah, he could just he could just okay. be a trainer. He could be. That's a good. That's a good fit right there. Jeez. And also crazy, I guess that's our um, a highlight player of the pod, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to be, man. Looks like you know Mike Bibby might have been wearing that shirt three years ago. He's stretching it all the way out right now. My God, wow! Uh, this caught me off guard, it, though. It I don't think that doesn't even it look like if I need if I could Photoshop any face on there and it wouldn't look real. Mike Bibby does not look like that's his body. He looks like he just put that on there for Instagram, but. uh Anyway, PEDs, man, they'll do wonders. Or maybe he's just all natural, and I'm talking shit, and he was grinding like crazy for the last six years. I don't or know. it's just the fact that people today have have um, so many advantage of gain weight and gain muscle that people didn't have several years ago. The fact that after he's after he retired, he's able to gain that much weight and, and muscle that people just have. I mean, that's that's the that's the gap in understanding. That's the gap in the understanding of how to gain muscle in today's world compared to when he was even playing in the NBA. Because you're right, when he was in the NBA, he he didn't he was nowhere near as as cut as he was. As he, I mean, he he was nowhere near as big as he is now. Didn't have anything. Yeah, he was literally he's very skinny. And so the fact that he's able to gain that much muscle at this stage of his life is that's that's ridiculous. That's well, to be fair, low when you work out, you can work out for hypertrophy or for strength. Like, uh, if you go low reps, you're working on strength, high reps, usually. So, it's, do you want to be stronger or, or look stronger? It's usually the two options. Or you can go right down the middle and get a bit of both. There's a chance that he just did a lot of strength training. And like, low three reps, two reps, maybe sometimes four reps during his career. So, he didn't develop any massive biceps or triceps. His shoulders didn't look like the size of the mountains. And then he just switched up. There's a chance... Maybe low, like you know, maybe training like calisthenics. I listen. I don't know. I'm trying. To I say, look, advice. I would, I would PEDs. agree. Those are PEDs. I, I, would say, I, would, I would agree with you if it was like, let's say Dwight, right? And Dwight, yeah, the, yeah. Dwight in his career, he's already buff and strong. So if he's post career and he looks a little bit more bigger, then that would make sense because you know Dwight may have needed to adjust his regiment a little bit, adjust how he, how he, um. Approach the off season, he may not even needed to gain that much weight and muscle. So you know that would make sense. But you're talking about Mike Bibby, who wasn't even like remotely close to like he wasn't even like cut and lean in the NBA season. He didn't really have that much muscle on him during the, during his NBA career. So for him to go from not having that much muscle to to that, that's crazy. Uh, Mike Bibby, man, if you're listening to the podcast, please send me your meal plan. <laughs> I would love to get involved in whatever you got going on. Seems to be effective, and I'm trying to get healthier, man. Just hit me up at any time. You can hit me up on my email where people usually flood my inbox, reminding me why Low knows nothing about basketball at callmeagent00 at gmail.com. Uh, on that note, Low, uh, I'm, I'm done looking at Mike Bibby. I might print a photo out and just frame it behind me. For video's sake, people can be so confused why I got a photo of Mike Bibby behind me. People don't even gonna know who that is. They probably gonna think it's Vin Diesel. They're like, 
Why does he have a picture of Vin Diesel behind him? <laughs> and why that guy got Dom behind him, man? What's Dom Jesus. doing back there? Yo, but shout out to all my podcast people who still rocking with us for another episode of the All Top Podcast. I forgot what I named this podcast, let's be honest with you, yo. Uh, it's something to do with Yeah, LeBron. I guess where LeBron is going. But yo, Agent, any um, any last words, yo, for the people? Uh, I watched, I'm watching this new show called Ballers. Not really new, but uh, yo, it is fantastic. If you guys haven't watched Ballers and you're just like, well, maybe I'll watch it eventually, just watch it. All right, it's great. I don't know what that is, but um, on you think do you think I should get paid for saying that? All right. Well, what the says. <laughs> and on that note, we'll, we'll, this episode is sponsored by. Says. And on that note, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Oh shit! I forgot. Faces. All right.